Hello, everyone, and welcome to the seventh episode of the Be With Podcast, a podcast about the art and practice of care. With me, your host, Barbara Roshna. gosh, friends. Hello and welcome. Welcome to today's episode. I'm so thrilled to have you here and so excited and so curious to explore where today is going to go. I do have some notes in front of me, uh, but they are, you know, just one page worth of notes. And what I'll be doing today is actually introducing you to the Be With Initiation, which is my newest program. And I want to be sharing about this program for two reasons. For one, perhaps this program is for you. Perhaps you are looking for ways to deepen your space holding process, whether for yourself or for your clients or just in your community work. But also I wanted to record this podcast in case this program isn't for you, but you yourself are birthing something, creating something, sitting on top of an idea or a vision, or there's something tucked away somewhere in your heart and you want to get to work on it, but you're not sure where to begin. Um, If that's you, then this podcast episode is for you also. Not because I'm going to give you a step-by-step process to how to make that vision happen actually almost the opposite, because I want to show you how I am making this vision happen in my life by not making it happen, but letting it happen and letting that process be an unfolding, a becoming, letting it be slow and uncomfortable. And um, I'm not even going to say steady because sometimes it's happened so quick and sometimes it's happened so slow. And what it might be like for you to envision a way in moving forward with the project you have by riding the wave, you know, the wave of creativity, the wave of being human without expecting yourself to, you know, rush to the completion of something, um, maybe when it still doesn't even know what it wants to become, right? So, So no matter kind of where you fall into one of those two categories, or maybe you're in both categories, who knows? Uh, You may very likely be, I have a very creative audience. Um, I wanted to make this podcast for you today. So I am going to be sharing about a program that is going to be launching at the beginning of January, um, and it's going to be running for either three or six months, depending on kind of which stream you choose, and it's called the Be With Initiation, an online training in the practice of holding space. What's my official byline, actually? Look at me. Let me look it up. Okay. The Be With Initiation is an online training in the practice of holding space with me, your guide, Barbara Roshana. I can't believe I just read that out loud to you. I spent the last few weeks reading this out loud to friends and each time I do it, it just feels completely right. It just feels completely right and also like the most shocking thing I've ever said in my life, which I've said many more, much more shocking things, let me tell you, as a gay woman. The things that sometimes come out of my mouth are, you know, quite unorthodox to what, uh, others in my life believe should be coming out of my mouth. And yet this feels almost shocking to say for myself, which is pretty wild and pretty great. So this program is really a vision that has come to life. Um, If you listen to the last episode, if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you'll know all about this vision I had last year in Joshua Tree, where I saw myself leaving a tomb and speaking to a field of people dressed in white. You might also remember that I had a vision, I guess, 
in December of 2017, um, where my wife and I were driving in a snowstorm to a family gathering and Tanya was meditating and I was driving. And so I had, you know, an hour of quiet to myself and I just had this deep sense of like being gathered with a very small group of women in Prince Edward County. And the the reason that we were gathered is because I was going to be teaching them a training. I was literally going to be supporting them um, in their work of building their coaching practices. Um, And this became so real and so alive in my mind, even though I had never previously considered doing any sort of formal training of other people. And so I, you know have been having these two visions roll around in the back of my mind, really curious about what they were, what they wanted to become, and I guess asking myself regularly what it was going to to take or what were going to be the next steps to getting to that vision. And so over the last year, I've kind of, you know, kept that in the back of my mind, those visions in the back of my mind. And I've tried a few things here and there um, to test out, does this feel good? Does that feel good? Um, But the more I move through the year, the more I realize that this kind of next step where I was going to move into a position where I was going to be more training and teaching people, um, that was going to have to be up to a force bigger than me, basically, is how I'm going to explain it. Because I I had this sense, you know, whenever I would run one of my masterminds um, or whenever I would do my one-on-one work, especially when I would do my one-on-one work, the way I knew that I was supposed to be moving into a different role is that I would have this sense where my client and I would be doing some really beautiful piece of work and I would be overcome with a sense of, oh my God, other people should be watching this. Other people should be watching this work right now. And not like in a boastful way where, you know, like what I'm doing is amazing. Other people should be watching it. I mean, I do think that my work is really amazing. And I do think it's going to be of much benefit for people to see how I do my work. But mostly and primarily because I felt like the change, the transformation that's happening here in this session, the way that me and this client are dancing together, the transformation we are creating together and we're co-creating with universe and with intuition is really profound and magical and unique. And I wish that others were here to see this, to know that this is possible, that, you know, when we're holding space for each other or for ourselves, it doesn't have to be kind of like us racking our brain for what the next right answer is. It doesn't have to be us trying to fix anyone. It doesn't have to be us trying to solve a problem or our clients trying to solve a problem, but that it can really be this kind of unfolding and becoming and trusting process where we fully surrender to the what isness of the moment and then learn to work with it and listen for the wisdom within it. Listen for the grace within the struggle of what's happening. And so as I experienced more and more of these moments in my one-on-one practice, I then also found something similar happening in my masterminds where I would have these beautiful masterminds with these women sharing, you know, such important care for one another, sharing such important unbiased support for one another, learning how to really listen to one another without trying to fix or control, learning how to be in full presence to another's pain without without trying to rush to rescue, without um, assuming that there's actually even something wrong. Um, Watching these women surrender to how they felt, 
be seen in what they felt and then feel the release of that, feel the comfort of that, feel the affirmation and validation of that and therefore the okayness of it so they could actually move on from it. Um, You know, just watching the women in my masterminds do this amazing work for themselves and for each other and feeling like, man, this needs to be happening on a way bigger scale than it is right now. Like, I love these masterminds. I love these, you know, small handfuls of women that I'm working with. But this needs to be happening more. Like, the thing that kept coming up inside was like, women are so hungry for this. We are so hungry for this, you know? And I think I think in the past, maybe, sometimes I haven't recognized just how much work I have put into building community into my life and what a great benefit that is to me now and how hard I've worked to build these friendships where there's not, you know, there's not always a lot of advice giving unless I request it, of course, and unless others request it, but where there is a lot of space holding. And so I just had had this feeling keep coming up like, oh my God, more women need this. Like this needs to be happening for more people This isn't happening for more people. How many women are out there feeling isolated? How many people are out there feeling isolated, you know, um, and and wanting to connect and wanting wanting to be in relationship, but only knowing this one kind of form of relationship where we are trying to manage each other's feelings, trying to manage our own feelings, and that might not even realize that there's another way of connecting that transcends that and that makes room for the fullness of your humanity and therefore, you know, sets you free. Really, really, that's that's what we're talking about here. And so, you know, as I was doing my one-on-one work and running my masterminds, um, I, I had this sense like, like, oh, this, you know, these things, there's something else that's calling to me. And so iteratively, I've tried little pieces here and there. This fall, I held my first Be With training in person here in Toronto. And that went really amazing. And I got just insanely positive feedback back from it, from the women that attended. Um, and at the same time, when I was done, I kind of, there was a part of me that was like, okay, that, that was wonderful. And that didn't, energize me in the way that I know that it could, you know, that didn't feel like we had enough time to really get into the work, to see through, um, you know, something, something about this made me want more. And so I kept having these experiences, right, of like trying a thing, building a thing, running the thing, and then having this sense of like, "Mm, okay, let's, let's, this vision that's in the back of my mind is still kind of like, tapping me on the shoulder and being like, Barbara, like there's something more here. And me being like, but what is it? Um, And, you know, in that process, at the same time, what was happening on the other side of this is everything I told you about last episode, where I was in the cocoon, becoming total mush, completely disintegrating, um, and feeling like I was just surrendering to the process of becoming and learning to trust my becoming when my becoming felt a lot more like death than like life. I started taking on way fewer clients one-on-one. I decided not to run another round of my mastermind. And it basically started to, to do the minimum amount of work, to be totally honest, so that I could do the maximum amount of work in my own personal life. And so I could really prioritize this process of slowness and confusion and haziness that was clearly calling for my attention that then led to all the trauma work that I've started doing in the last, you know, now two and a half months. And so 
to be honest, when it comes to this initiation that I'm about to share with you about and that you can now go and look on the website and learn all about, I didn't plan it. And I know that sounds frustrating when you're in the middle of that mush and you're like, I see no fucking way forward and it all feels hazy as fuck and why why am I being the most unproductive human in the world right now? Like, I know those thoughts come up. I had a lot of those thoughts this summer. And yet, the truth is that I did not plan how this was going to come out. I didn't see this as a way forward. I didn't imagine it. It was literally just me taking things step by step by step by step. And most of the steps were actually me breaking shit down, were me refusing clients, were me um, not running another you know, sales push for a mastermind when I didn't want to, were me, um, you know, kind of talking to clients who I knew wanted to work with me, but being honest about the fact that I was going through an intense price raise, were me, you know, for the first time in my practice, and this is very recently, limiting the number of sliding scale clients I take on to really kind of a firm number, whereas I used to just kind of like be willing to keep taking them on because I really love working with people and love supporting people in an accessible way. But recently actually saying like, no, I'm going to actually limit it to four people. And and that's it. And and I'm not taking on anymore. And I am literally going to have a, you know, whatever that takes. If that means my wait list is eight months until I can work with more people one-on-one again at a very reduced rate, then that's how long it takes. And so the one more step actually looked a lot At first, like breaking shit down and pulling shit apart. Now, eventually the creative muse came um, and I'm happy to describe the process to you, you know, in detail. And the program pretty much got downloaded in the span of two days. Um, But in order for that to happen, first there was months and months and months, you know what I mean? Six months, six months is a long time, maybe even a little bit longer of me saying no to work, saying no to clients, saying no to building things and feeling just exhausted and wiped out. And eventually, uh, you know, as I started doing the trauma work that I talked about on last episode and really dove into it, There was a moment where I started to notice this sense in me that I needed to be talking about this creative process with friends in a really vulnerable way where I needed to be able to name with my closest friends that I wanted to build this thing, but I didn't know what it was going to be and I had no idea whether it was going to work but that I really wanted to try and that I wanted to let myself follow the pursuit of doing doing this kind of like program building training work in a way that was really aware and really awake to the trauma work I was doing for myself into the way that I have worked with trauma with clients for years now. And so that felt really, really vulnerable for me to speak about. And it felt like a lot of me just telling friends, like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. You know, I don't know if any of this is going to work out and and repeating myself really for kind of, you know, a number of weeks in a row, I think maybe four or five weeks, I just kind of felt like I was constantly repeating myself to friends out loud over and over and over again. And then eventually, you know, a few weeks ago, maybe... I don't know, maybe about a month ago now, um, I had a conversation with my friend Rosemary on a Friday, I believe it was, kind of early in the day. 
Um, she's a therapist. And so we have a lot of conversations about doing therapeutic work. We have a lot of conversations about what it means to do a lot of our own work. Um, both of us come to our practices from a place of having done decades of therapy. <laughs> so having really, you know, done so much internal work in order to be able to show up for our clients in a way where we're never bullshitting, we're never putting ourselves on a pedestal, we're never saying, well, this is your work to do, but we're meeting people at a place of saying, I'm in this hot heat with you, I am not going anywhere, I'm not judging you, and I know how intense it can be to sit with your demons, how intense it can be to sit with your shadows, how intense it can be to sit with your wounds, how intense it can be to consider that you deserve a better life. I am in that with you. And we are going to figure this out, you know? And so her and I have this deep bond around healing work that's really particular to that friendship and feels really, really supportive. And so, you know, her and I had this conversation about me wanting to build this thing that I didn't know what it was. I don't know, for maybe like the third time in a row or something. Um, and I was feeling so discouraged. And instead of playing it down, I really let it come up. I really let it come up fully, you know, which feels like a pretty ballsy, for some reason is the word that comes up, thing to do when you have a quote unquote successful practice. Like by all, by all standards, I have a successful practice doing the work that I do. Um, and I am well respected in what it is that I do by her, by lots of people in my life, by by my clients. And so to kind of sit there and be like, I just feel like I am almost questioning everything I do. <sighs> that was really hard. You know, that was really hard and really scary to actually name with her, to name, I am questioning what it is that I do. I'm questioning whether this is worthwhile. I'm questioning whether any of this would help people, whether I do help people. Letting those fears, ooh, even saying them like rise to the surface, that was really helpful like healthy. <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to say uncomfortable or something else, but healthy, healthy is actually the word for it. What a funny Freudian slip. Like it's actually so healthy to let myself name those things because they're really living in my system and in my body. And to not name them would be to waste all my energy hiding them inside of me. And so I named these things with her and you know, she just held space like a champ um, and did a lot of affirming and encouraging of me. Um, and when we hung up the phone, I had this feeling rush in my body that I've now gotten quite accustomed to over the years, but that I still, every time it comes, it takes my brain like, you know, a little bit of time to check in and be like, uh-uh, we know what this is. And there's this intensity of sensation that comes through my body where I find I just want to like, when it happens, I want to like take the edge off. I like want to go get a piece of chocolate or like I get a little frantic in my energy. Um, and I either want to like go for a run or get a piece of chocolate or like do a thing, you know, like that's like, that's the energy, but no, 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 that's the energy of it. And so when this happened, when this energy came through, it took me a few minutes, but once I was, I was aware of it, I was like, oh shit, this is. This means my creative force is coming through. And I have a few options. I can run around like a chicken with my head cut off. Or I can get to my desk, sit behind my computer, and write down and create 
what wants to come through. I can allow myself to become the kind of leader that I know I already am by holding space for myself at this moment to show up and do the work that's in front of me. Like not make it fancy, not make it something that it's not, but just do the work of literally transcribing what it is that I feel and I hear. And, you know, this was the first time in many months, many, many, many months that I felt like that specific energy to sit down and create. And that was really, really powerful because there were moments in those many months where I would sit down and try and force myself to create and that energy wasn't there. And I would, you know, within like half an hour, 20 minutes, an hour and a half of sitting down, the steam would run out and I would feel exhausted and frustrated and spent. And I would know pretty quickly on, like, this isn't, no, this isn't it. Like, I'm, I'm trying to make something out of nothing. I'm trying to pull something out of midair that doesn't want to be manifested, that doesn't want to be incarnated, that doesn't want to be enfleshed. And what's the point? Well, like, why don't I just do what my work is right now? Which, like, my body tells me what my work is. My body, all those months, told me that my work was to lay in hammocks and read magazines and cuddle in my bed and go for really long walks and hang out with my friends and, you know, sit on the couch and stare at the trees outside and pour a lot of cups of tea and goof around on the internet and really not quote unquote do much of anything and yet I was doing something so 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 important in all those months I was fully surrendering to the process of becoming to the process of being actually being knowing that I'm not a human doing I'm a human being all those months when I chose to let myself when I didn't sit down to force myself to do something or when I forced myself to sit down do something and then realize this isn't working and gave it up I let myself be. You know what's beautiful is that in that moment when I sat down after Rosemary and I talked and I, in like two and a half hours, flushed out the structure for the entire six-month program, I also was letting myself be. I was also practicing surrender because what my being, what my actual physical, energetic, emotional being What was happening to it at that moment was that it was experiencing a creative surge. And to not follow the creative surge, to not channel the creative surge, would be to not allow my being. And the same with it all those months, to not let myself rest, would be to not allow my being. So really, this entire process was about deep, 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 deep surrender. Full, complete surrender to the process of becoming, of being. Surrender to my life force. Surrender to the divine coursing through my bones, which I am co-creator in. So that's a little bit about how, you know, the program came to be. Um, The fun part of that story is that, so I sat down, I flushed the structure of it out, And the way that I knew that this was about creative surgeon processes that after I flushed it out, I felt more energized 
And I went to our, you know, chosen family dinner that night. Like we, like I do every weekend. Um, and I told everyone there about it. We do this thing where we all share about our weeks. And I said to everyone, so I think I just created the base structure for my next program. And, you know, I, I put things down on paper quite a few times over those months of nothing, but I, I always knew it wasn't it. And this time I just knew with every fiber of my being that this was it. And so I announced it to the group. I said, you know what? I've done this thing. It's, it's here. It's arrived. It has arrived. And, you know, everyone celebrated with me, which was so nice, even though it was kind of just a structure. And that supported me and encouraged me to the point where the next morning I woke up and Tanya was away on some travels and I sat down at maybe, you know, I think it was probably 11 a.m. or something and Tanya was due to be back in the city at around 4. I sat down at 11 a.m. and I felt that energy once again coursing through my body so I chose to like let's sit down and, and follow the energy, see where this goes. And I worked on that curriculum straight through for the next six hours. So Daniel got home at four and I was still just, just in full flow. And I was like, babe, I'm going to be done so soon. I promise, you know, 45 minutes, 45 minutes turned into two hours. But after that, you know, six hour or five hour, really, really intense creative surge or seven hour, I guess, whatever it was. I felt so energized and so complete and like I had written something so deeply sacred and I knew, I knew without a shadow of a doubt that this was it and I let myself fully surrender to the process of creating and channeling this thing, you know, and and that's even a big deal for me in the sense of that like Tanya came home from a trip halfway through that and usually, you know, I'll be like, oh, hey, let's talk about it. Let's connect right away. Um, I'm also like, you know, someone who has a tendency to be very connected to my spouse. I, you know, grew up in a very enmeshed house with a lot of codependency. So it can take a lot of intentionality for me to make sure I stay in my own process when my person is around. Um, and yet I was able to stay fully with myself in a loving way, in a supportive way. And it was such a gift to really be able to give myself that time of full surrender and full creation to the birth of this thing. Um, And when I was done, I knew I was done. And also, I knew I didn't know much about what I had written. I knew that I'd written a lot down, but that a lot of it, number one, I couldn't remember. And number two, I actually still had to learn. Like there are parts of this program that I am still learning and exploring even as I'm getting ready to teach it and train it because something I pride myself on is that I am always in process alongside my clients. I'm not ever coming to my work pretending to be an expert on all things or even an expert on most things. I'm coming along to my work always as a sojourner, sojourner. As someone who's on the path with you and might just be a step or two ahead, might be four steps ahead in some things and right beside you in other things. And that is not just okay, it is 100% wonderful and to be fully celebrated. Um, And so I, I was able to really receive, you know, this download of things that 
I know deep inside my bones. And then also other things that are so completely beyond me and beyond me in the sense that they're, they are outside of me that I'm receiving that need to be communicate at this time need to be passed through at this time to you and to those who want to come in and and do this learning with me that I will be receiving and that I am receiving you know alongside you and because as much as all of us are in this together there's also a power that is bigger than us of love and creation in this world that wants to come through and wants to give of itself um, and give of its love and beauty to our process of evolution. Now, having shared all that, I thought that maybe I'd tell you a little bit about what the initiation actually is now that I've hyped it up and, you know, talked about the process of creating it at length. You can find all of the information for the program at bewith.org slash initiation. But I also wanted to take a nice long piece of time here to talk about the program more deeply uh, and in a more intimate way. So you can really get an idea of what this training is about. So it's a three or six month program, like I mentioned, it's both personal and professional. Um, And the two things that kind of set it apart, um, in a sense, from other programs that you might see out there is that it's deeply experiential and community based. So and the reason that these this is the way it is, is not to actually diss any other program or the way anyone else builds their training or, you know, whatever else course offerings. But because this program is a direct mirror of how I learn best and of how I teach best, um, because I believe that living from our zones of, you know, genius, from our natural given talents, I believe that's how we are most powerful. And those are the two things that I am really, really good at. And that I think we currently, to be honest, are really hungry for right now in our world. So what does it mean that this program is experiential? Um, Primarily, that means that this program is not really a do-it-yourself situation. This is a program that is about um, learn alongside others in a way where you are trying out experiments and actually trying things in your daily life that aren't just about head knowledge, but are about embodiment and experiments and testing hypotheses and really living your way into the practice of space holding, both with yourself and others, and using your experience to shape your learning and using your experience to shape the kind of the the skills you develop, the meaning you make of how to hold space in your own unique way. Um, And so that means that the foundation of the program is really an opportunity for you to learn things by putting them into practice. So whether you're doing the three-month initiation or the six-month initiation, um, both initiations include a personalized half-an-hour intake call right at the beginning of the program with me so that you can set some priorities for yourself about what are your unique skills and strengths and where are the places where you really want to grow and really explore how you hold space. Maybe you've noticed that every time you try to hold space for yourself in grief, you just distract yourself. Or maybe you've noticed that every time you get to a point with a client where they're, you know, they're just entering, like they're hitting a limiting belief, 
you find yourself trying to jump in with solutions when what you mean to do is just to remember that they are the expert on their own lives and that you don't need to come up with a solution for them. You need to help them lead themselves to their own solution. So really, you know, this is an opportunity for you to get curious about very practically, what does it mean for you to hold space and where do you struggle to do that with yourself or with others? Um, in addition to that, you know, the, the, the kind of base of the program is these 13 pre-recorded audio trainings that will be released weekly on Wednesdays, and they'll be paired with experiential exercises for you to practice. Now, some weeks these will look a little more traditional, like a worksheet, but other weeks, and to be honest, most weeks, the experiential exercises will look like things for you to try in the real world, and then the worksheet might be something that you use to reflect on what trying that experiential thing out look like. So for example, we're going to have a week where the audio download and training is going to be on inner child work. So that week, your work is to do some inner child work. It's not to just sit and make notes about who you think your inner child might be and have a head process about it. No, it's actually to like put the journal down and get quiet and really picture your inner child, maybe find a photo of your of your child self um, and then spend some time with that. And I'll offer, you know, different ways to access that work depending on who you are. So, you know, people who are really visual might use a photo. People who are a lot more visceral might, uh, I might invite them to do a little bit of psychodrama, which really just means like a little bit of physically dropping into that inner child self um, through you know, switching back and forth between a chair where you kind of like feel your inner child, like what they're wearing, how they're sitting, where they are, um, and then switching with a chair that is actually your adult self and, and noticing the difference between those two and getting curious and asking your child self like, hey, what do you need? What are you longing for these days? What are you afraid of? You know, so when I say experiential training, I really mean very practical things that I'm going to be inviting you to do to try to live into to practice within holding space for yourself or for a client so that you have an opportunity to embody this knowledge for yourself and also to sift it for yourself not everything i'm going to suggest is going to be right for your space holding experience and learning and yet it is going to you know part of the point of this is that you get to try a bunch of things and you get to say, well, this isn't exactly right for my space holding process, but some version of this might be that otherwise I would have never thought of. And so I want to really make that available to people, that opportunity to be able to develop kind of their own unique practices for space holding, whether in your work or in your client work. Um, and so because of that, the work is very, very experiential. Um, as part of that, we're also going to have three like experiential special workshops with other people whose work I really, really admire. Um, the month, the program is broken up into kind of three different months, you know, so everyone, whether you're in the three month initiation or the six month initiation, um, you know, everyone kind of goes through the same thing in the first three months. And the first three months are broken up into mind, body, and soul with 
each month being dedicated to each part. And so, you know, for the first month uh, during MIND, we are going to have one experiential workshop. During the second month, we're going to have another experiential workshop. And during the third, we're going to have another experiential workshop. And I'm very excited that I'm going to be bringing in experts to lead us through some experiential work that I have found to be really, really important in my own life. And those experts are going to be joining us, you know, throughout those first three months. So I'm going to be having Amy Kretzky come and lead us through breath work. Um, Sophie Luxton, who I've mentioned before, is going to be leading us through some physical movement. And then Orhar Gale is going to be offering us some practical magic through some art therapy and the creation of intuition cards. There will be actually other experts coming along as well to offer some insight on other just pieces of work that I am not, I guess, in a position to speak about, which I'm so excited to have them uh, to come in to speak on those things as well. And they will be, their names will be released kind of in the next couple weeks as I continue to, uh, with enrollment and continue promoting the program. So I'm excited to share about all of them with you. Um, But the second piece of the program is that it's also community-based rather than just a do-it-yourself program. My strength in running community-based programming is running programming that is actually quite intimate. And so in order to make sure that this is a community-based experience, everyone's going to be get split up into groups of four or five that will be that you'll be grouped in based upon your intake questionnaire that you'll fill out before the program begins so that you are in a group of folks with whom you are in a similar, I guess, moment in terms of space holding and with whom I feel like you'll have good chemistry and have good learning opportunities. And those groups are going to be meeting also each month during the program, or at least during the first three months. For the professionals program, which is the six-month initiation, you'll be meeting monthly for the first three months and then actually bi-weekly for the second three months because we're going to be focusing so much on um, doing space holding work with one another on those calls during the second three months and I'll actually be giving you live real-time coaching on your space holding practices with one another on those calls so but for the first three months we'll be your small group will meet three times, so once a month, for a 90-minute live call uh, for an intimate group call where you will have a chance to receive group coaching from me, but also have your space-holding questions addressed. Now, if you decide to register in the six-month initiation because you have uh, some sort of professional private practice, some sort of practice where you hold space for others, whether that is in your business as you know, maybe a coach, a dietitian, a nutritionist, a yoga teacher, a photographer, a stylist, the list goes on and on. Or you do it as a volunteer, maybe on a hotline or, you know, in a soup kitchen or even kind of canvassing as a door-to-door person for a politician locally in your area. All of those are different ways of holding space for people. So if you are in that position, I invite you to take the six-month initiation. You are also totally welcome to take the three-month initiation if that's all you've got energy or budget for right now. But if you think you might have the energy or the budget for the six-month initiation, really that initiation is exactly for you. Um, And that initiation includes everything in the first three months. So all of that community, you know, meaning that you'll have your group right from the beginning that you're going to do the whole six months with. 
Um, you will have all those audio lessons. You will have all those experiential workshops with the entire group, not just your intimate group that happen live and that will be recorded and mailed to you later if you can't make them live. Um, but then in addition to that, you'll also have these six additional small group coaching sessions taking place during the second semester, um, which will be bi-weekly and will be an opportunity for you to receive coaching from me, as well as practice your space holding skills and receive real-time feedback from me. Um, and in addition to that, you're going to get a 60-minute session with me during the second semester to help really integrate this learning into your work, into your volunteering, into your space holding with others, um, as well as reflect on how kind of your space holding for others and your space holding for yourself, how those two relate to one another, what the kind of symbiosis between those two things. Um, and also those who do the six-month initiation will also receive an option at the end to uh, basically get involved and receive ongoing supervision and support from me to bolster your client work. Um, and this will be the primary way, to be honest, that I'm going to be moving forward with working with me long-term one-on-one. Um, I don't think I'll be getting rid of my one-on-one coaching quite yet, um, but after I run a couple of rounds of the initiation, eventually at some point I'm going to transition to just bringing things on into my private folks into my private practice from those who have already done the six month initiation and who are kind of ready to be deeply integrating these things into their practice of working with others and into their own life which is really, really exciting. Um, yeah, the program will be running from January 2nd. That's when we're going to begin to the end of March if you're in the three-month initiation and the end of June if you're in the six-month. We are launching on the dark moon, um, which I think is a really, really powerful time to begin something. The dark moon is a time of deep release. Uh, it is a time when we are most connected to our shadow selves, when kind of, you know, that world is most available to us. It's also sometimes referred to as the moon of Lilith, the goddess Lilith, um, which is a goddess of strength and power and intensity and has been seen as a feminist archetype, uh, you know, in many organizations for now, I guess, the last couple of decades. And so, and probably much, much longer than that in traditional cultures. I just mean in our like Western appropriative world, you know, Lilith has been seen as this symbol of feminism. And so I wanted us to begin in the dark moon specifically, because this is a program that will offer you opportunities to go deep and to really stand in the hot heat of it all and not look away, not shy away, not hide away, but actually face Face the shadows, face the light, um, and face the the stuff that is there. Face the struggle so that you can find the grace of it and so that you can know and you can offer your clients the knowledge that there is hope and there is healing and that is something we can hold on to, that is something we can share with others, that is something we can offer our communities if we are willing to show up and be present to one another and to lean into interdependence and to be vulnerable and uh, and available for transformation. And the way to be available for transformation is to be with what is right here, right now, and to be fully present to it and to not pretend things are otherwise. Um, one of my friends asked why the name initiation. And so I wanted to address that here. I've decided to call this group program the initiation partially because it was just the name that was given to me when I downloaded it. But as I thought more about it, it's really because this program is a sacred passage. 
Um, giving up, trying to quote unquote fix ourselves or others is really a spiritual act. It's a sacred passage. And at the heart of that sacred passage is ego death, is this releasing of, you know, the identity of being a savior, of being good, of being a rescuer, of being better than we were before, of helping someone else be better than they were before. I mean, those are all concerns that the ego is focused on, not our soul. Our soul knows it's good. Our soul is in no hurry. Our soul knows that we are divine light incarnate. Our soul doesn't have like hashtag goals. Our soul is just like, I am hashtag goal. Check me out all the time, including when the soul is suffering. Or I guess when we are suffering as our human selves, the soul is like, there's nothing wrong here. This is part of the human experience and it's difficult and can be treacherous, but it is part of what's happening And the fact that it's happening means that it's supposed to be happening and we get to make meaning of what that happening means. And so this is a really sacred passage, Um, though I will be sharing, you know, my spiritual beliefs during this program. In no way is this program meant to be kind of an invitation for you to come and believe what I say without testing it out for yourself or believe what I say, period. I trust that you are going to develop the beliefs and that you have the beliefs you have for a reason. My main priority whenever working with spiritual beliefs as, you know, a sacred facilitator and a minister is always to support people to get curious about their beliefs and ask, are these beliefs the highest service of myself? Are these beliefs in the highest service of everyone? Do these beliefs actually serve the world? And if not, then where are they coming from? And and what work do I need to do? What support do I need to accept and receive? What love do I need to welcome into my heart so that the beliefs I have and live into support me and support others? Um, And so in that way, though this is an initiation, this is an initiation about your own next part of becoming and your own next part of soul development and really development of being a human in this world, which is about being with one another, being in our experience without shame about what the human experience is and being with others without shame or needing to fix what someone else's human experience is. So yeah, that's that's why it's called an initiation. Um, to wrap up, I wanted to share with you the the syllabus, I guess, for the program. The heart of the training program by far is the community and the connection you'll build with others. Um, and the healing that becomes available to us when we, you know, hold space for one another and for ourselves and when we feel seen and validated. It's those experiences in that community that's gonna make this program for you, which means that if you're deciding whether you're ready for this program or not, ask yourself whether you're ready And whether you sense inside of you a hunger to really be with others and to really experience things. If you're looking for just another course to like check off a bunch of boxes, this is not it. But if you're looking for something that's really going to be transformative because of you being able to be with people and be with yourself and actually 
experience the messy middle of that transformation, then this this is it for you. Um, but underneath kind of all that experience and all the connection, there is going to be a course syllabus um, that we're going to be taking ourselves through just to give ourselves a sense of structure, to give our brains a sense of structure, because God knows our brains love to freak out if they feel like they're not in control. Um, and so this is really a, you know, a three-month journey to help you use your mind, body, and soul as portals for healing. And so we're going to take a month for each of those portals to understand how how we can use our minds, how we can use our bodies, how we can use our hearts, how we can channel those parts of ourselves and tend to those parts of ourselves and how those those parts of ourselves, whether it's our minds or our bodies or our souls, how they have so much information for us if we are willing to slow down and get present and actually trust ourselves in the process of becoming rather than constantly trying to change ourselves or work against ourselves. Really. Um, so this syllabus will offer you a peek into kind of the shape and content we'll be covering through the audio trainings and then also going over during the small group calls, though for the most part, the small group calls will be shaped by the questions you bring to them and the personal work you're doing that we're going to make space for in a really safe, confidential way within those small groups. So, yeah. Um, so the first month is mind. We are looking at the way our brains have learned to understand the world. We're looking at how we might work against ourselves by judging ourselves or by, you know, limiting ourselves or by um, kind of being unfair to ourselves or to others and how we might be looking at our own healing and evolution as a very individual process rather than recognizing that's part of a collective healing that's really happening. So in week one, we're going to talk about what it means to trust our resilience, what it means to learn to trust ourselves or inspire others to trust themselves when it feels like the world we live in is a dumpster fire, when it feels like we're kind of a hot mess. Um, so week one is really an introduction to how collective and individual trauma affects our brains and our capacity to live and how by learning to trust ourselves, learning to trust our um, even our coping mechanisms that seem to not serve us, we can begin to work with ourselves rather than against ourselves. This is something I talk a lot about on this podcast. Um, and so we're going to deepen this work and also, you know, look at experiential exercises we can try in order to actually, um, you know, reframe our experiences of suffering in the context of resilience and self-trust. Week two will be all about meeting our needs because the simplest and hardest thing to consistently tune into um, is our needs on a daily basis, um, you know, to affirm those needs, to meet those needs, to never call them silly. Um, most of us have been taught to avoid our needs and we've been convinced that there are a plethora of expectations for us to live up to that stand in direct opposition to what we actually need on a daily basis. And so week two is really going to be against working against those structures um, that say that we are not allowed to meet our needs and they're going to be this week is going to be a radical invitation for us to get in touch with our needs um, to receive experiential guidance on how to integrate greater curiosity into our space holding process um, so we can feel greater permission and strengthen our practice of knowing and actually meeting our needs day by day. Week three is going to be around parenting our inner child because our inner child is always with us. Our inner child never leaves us. And we have a tendency to kind of power through and push past our inner child. Sometimes we have a tendency to let our inner child rule the roost and forget that there even is an adult self that 
We can call in to comfort that inner child and support that inner child. And so week three is going to be an opportunity for us to actually get curious and, and see what does our relationship to our inner child really like without judgment. Like, are we rough on our inner kid? Do we leave our inner kid neglected? Um, do we let it run the roost, which also makes the inner child afraid and also leaves our adult self kind of feeling like they're being tormented? You know, what's our relationship to our inner child and how can we work with that relationship in order to feel better supported in our day-to-day life? And then week four, so the last week, uh, in terms of working on our mind is affirmation resourcing and it's not your fault. Now that's kind of a wordy title. Who knows, I might rebuild it. But basically in work four, we will begin to put our individual and interpersonal healing work in the context of systemic oppression. So in the context of patriarchy and misogyny and white supremacy and heteronormativity, all of those things in in the context of class privilege, you know, the healing of individual and collective trauma go hand in hand with one another. And living this truth out means you know, living a willingness to admit that we exist within oppressive structures in which we might be both victim and complicit participant. And that is very uncomfortable to admit that we're actually both. Sometimes we resist admitting that we are the victim in a power dynamic that's built against us because we'd rather not admit that that shit sucks. And then at other times, we also struggle to admit that we might be complicit participant in a system that's built against others because we that might make us feel guilty or ashamed. But the truth is both are happening most of the time, especially if you're listening to this podcast. Um, and so learning to say, it's not my fault for when it's actually not our fault um, will change your your client's ability to stay present with the truth of one's life and enabling you or your clients, your client to be able to really make fully conscious decisions. So this week we'll offer exercises to strengthen your skills in self-reflection, boundary setting, having difficult conversations and shedding misplaced guilt. So it's a big week um, to kind of wrap up that that section around the mind, the month around the mind. Um, and this is probably a week that we're going to spend quite a bit of time on in our call, you know, that month. The second month is called body and it's all about, you know, tapping into our animal body and working with our animal body, our physical flesh embodiment in order to, and as well, I would say our, our energetic body too, but that's even more month three, um, but working with our body in order to glean information from it so that we can support it. So working with our body and working specifically with our relationship with our body, because most of us just kind of use our bodies like vehicles. Um, and we look at problems in the body and we see that like as a manufacturing error or like as something that wore down because of years of use. And it's like a pretty cold relationship to have with our bodies. You know, it's a pretty awful relationship to have with our bodies because we're just like, well, you're here to provide me with life and to, you know, sometimes even worse, like to look good. And our bodies are here for so much more than that if we're willing to let them communicate with us. So week five, we're going to begin that, we're going to open that channel or or widen or deepen that channel if your channel is already open in terms of dropping into the body. Because whether we're holding space for ourselves or for a client, guiding the attention down into the body is actually one of the most powerful things we can do in order to create nervous system support, access the intuition, and begin a loving relationship with self. So most of us are running from our bodies 
early on in our lives due to trauma and capitalism, body shaming, and a lack of support, um, making our bodies an unsafe war zone. And so to heal, we really must return to and discover the wisdom of being embodied, um, which means that we need to drop into the body right now the way it is in this present moment and get curious about it and start chatting with it and start listening and heeding what it says. So week five homework will begin our exploration of dropping into the body and making friends with being flesh and bone, which I really like that flesh and bone. Um, Week six is called the universe inside your bones, knowing that as within, so without. Um, If we want to find peace in our lives and see reconciliation in our world, oh, well, most of us do. I think if you're listening to this, you probably do. Um, But most of us have to face, you know, with the fact that we have to begin with ourselves. We cannot create anything in the world that we have not yet first created in ourselves. And so our bodies are this brilliant access point to all the parts of us that we love, that we hate, that we fear, and we feel indifferent towards. Um, They're our first and last home. And our bodies really house all the archetypal parts of us that we'd rather pretend aren't there. The archetypal parts of us that we are, you know, clinging onto the parts of us that we wish we were, even though they're actually not part of us. Um, so really owning, you know, owning our bodies is the opportunity to own our power, the opportunity to find desire, to find the opportunity to discover what really is us. Um, and so when we avoid our vulnerability, there's always a kind of a part of the body when we avoid a part of us there's always a part of the body that carries the impact of that self-neglect or self-hate um and so this week is really about um exercises that help you learn how to work with the various parts of your body and really the various parts of your body kind of using archetypal um archetypal systems in order to to let your body be your channel in order to let your client's body be their channel, the guide and the healer here. So the goal really is to move into a place where we communicate with the body so clearly that the body can become the healing being in the relationship. So whether we are talking about our own holding space work or holding space work with our clients, it's the body that does the healing. It's our intuition that does the healing. It's not the quote unquote healer in the room. And so, but how do we actually access that wisdom, right? So this week is about accessing that universe, which is inside of our bones. Week seven um, is called Loving a Body Under Oppression. And this is simply a week where we're going to do, I mean, not simply, but you know, this is simply a week where we're going to name it as it is. Um, We're going to name what it means to live in a body under oppression, which is really all of our bodies because we live in a society that says that our bodies are never quite enough and our bodies are really just a means to production. And so what does it mean to claim and reclaim our body back as our own? Um, What does it mean to claim our desire and our freedom um, as our own and not as a way to create things in the world that are worth money? Uh, not as a way to create a body that leads to money, that leads to popularity, that leads to quote unquote love, but to know that our body is worth so much more than just like what we can squeeze out of it, right? And so what does it mean to really love our body for what it is and to reclaim it? So this week is is about shifting our loving relationship to our body 
as a relationship that's about being, that's not about getting something out of it, um, but that's actually just about being with our bodies for the sake of being with our bodies, which takes us right into week eight, um, during which we are going to talk about shifting our feelings and our experience through movement. And this is also when we're going to have um, one of our experiential workshops with um, this one with Sophie Luxton. Um, and actually do an experiential 90-minute workshop that's going to be happening live. Like I mentioned, the replay is going to get sent to you later if you aren't able to attend live. And even if you do attend live, you'll still get the replay ever. The workshop is yours to keep forever. Repeat as many times as you want. Um, But it's really going to be around, you know, holding space and making room for an internal process Um while also recognizing that sometimes it's about this like physical blood and sweat and bones reality of taking up rightful space and that those two happen at the same time and that sometimes we have to do the like physical sweaty intense radical act of moving our body according to our intuition um so you know this is especially true for women for queer and trans folks folks of color taking up space is still a radical act and so this week will support you to explore what your relationship to taking up physical space looks like and how to use that taking up a physical space as a way to shift your feelings and experience. So this will be a week where we're going to get you moving, sweating, grinding, pushing, pounding, moving trapped rage and grief. Uh, We might get you yelling and screaming. You know, this is kind of the week where we're going to let ourselves do intense emotional release. And Sophie is going to guide us through it like the absolute champ of emotional release that she is, which I'm so, so excited about. And this, of course, takes us kind of into the height of emotional release, into the height of the body, at which point, you know, that line between physical body and energetic body starts getting blurred and we drop into month three, soul. Um, and, And that's really the moment when we start moving into space holding from a place of like knowing what space holding is and feeling what space holding is, like in our physicality, to actually living and embodying space holding as a sacred soul-led practice. So week nine is called Experiments to Set You Free. And it is really an opportunity for us um, to know that our growth and our healing isn't a job. It's not a task. Um, You know, most of us are keeping ourselves trapped in some sort of internal hell at one point or another, a feeling never good enough or of treating ourselves like a project. And so this is about releasing that hell, like unlocking that prison door and walking out of it and recognizing that when we judge our progression and we use harmful dualities, we we really prevent ourselves from trusting the spiralic life-death life cycle of all things. Um, and so... We're going to instead of that, you know, open, fling open that prison door and move into the territory of tending to our relationship to spirit and using our intuitive capacity to create space holding experiments to set ourselves free. So this is going to include homework, you know, and exercises that will get you to try new ways of being, thinking and relating um, that depend more on intuition and less on logic and habit. So, you know, in those months of cocooning that I was doing earlier, like so much of that was about experiments to set me free experiments to say like, what if I put logic on the back burner here for a second? And I actually just listen to my soul and I work from that. And I, I, and I look at 
did I listen to my soul today? And if the answer is yes, I look at that as my thermometer of success and not did I create something in the world? Did I do something physical? Like, because the truth is that, you know, listening to our soul, if we can use that as the thermometer of whether we have done our day's work or not, then we create the possibility well, we open up the possibility, I guess, is of co-creating with the universe rather than just forcing things through on our own, which is really exciting. Week 10, we're going to do some practical magic. The name of this week is Everything is Sacred. Um, and it's really based on the idea that as we develop our intuition and begin to tend to that relationship with spirit, as we would, you know, an intimate partnership, our need for ritual becomes both less and more important. And any of you who have a spiritual practice, you know, you've probably encountered this that on one hand, our rituals become, you know, these grounding points, but our rituals having to be like, be a certain way becomes way less important because what work we're doing with spirit changes so much over time. Um, And so whether you are new to having a spiritual practice or you've been seeking source for decades, week 10 is really going to offer you an opportunity to get curious about how spirituality can both be a channel for you to, to hold space for others, um, as well as actually, you know, your connection to spirit is how it can be the very depth and point of space holding. So not only is it a channel for space holding to come through, but it actually is also space holding. And I know it's, this is sounding esoteric, but by the time we get there, I think we'll be ready to explore this together. And we're really going to do it by practicing simple rituals to ground ourselves, connect with source and you know, practice practical creative magic and what that means in our day-to-day lives, what it means to have a, a practice of spiritual care for ourselves or for our clients that doesn't depend on like fireworks, but knows that often the work of loving, loving spirit, of loving ourselves, of loving others is just showing up to our work day in and day out and trusting that showing up and loving ourselves and loving others is enough and that is our work. Week 11 is going to be appropriation and decolonizing our spirituality, and I'm working on who our guest for that week is going to be, um, you know, because I, I'm i a settler on Indigenous land, and so I recognize that even though I'd love to talk about and have a platform for discussing what it means to not be appropriate, like the, the fact is that all of us have practiced appropriation, and have been complicit in colonization if you if you were listening to this are a white person but that is part of your heritage that's part of my heritage and so how do we decolonize our spirituality and how do we make sure we pay rightful respect to other cultures by not stealing from them what is not ours to take um spirituality belongs to all of us specific traditional spiritual practices do not. And so we don't get to practice every spiritual practice that's out there because someone else of that creed, of that nationality, you know, whose spiritual practice it actually rightfully is, they might not even be getting to practice it right now. And they might be getting, they might be experiencing racial injustice because of those practices right now. So we don't get to practice them. That's that's like straight up not okay. Um, so I'm going to have an expert come in and talk about that who has a right to speak on this um, and who can facilitate that conversation with us, which I think is really important. If we're going to talk about spirituality, we got to talk about appropriation right now. It's something we're waking up to and we need to keep waking up to. 
Week 12 is going to be uh, who are your beliefs in service of? This is a long time standing refrain that I have that says, are you in service of your beliefs or are your beliefs in service of you? Uh, this is really a moment to pause and reflect on your spiritual beliefs and practice and ask who they are in service of. Many of our internalized beliefs about ourselves, others, and source and planet are harmful, shame-driven, and prejudiced. Um, this is often because we were raised with, you know, beliefs that are harmful and shame-driven and prejudiced. And so we need to begin to do the reparative work we have before us and get honest and grieve the harmful beliefs and practices that still oppress us individually and collectively. Um, and then weed those beliefs and practices out and instead invite kinder uh, practices and meaning making into our spiritual life that, you know, that do not harm and that actually build us up and build the world up. And week 13, it is our last week of the three month program. And the week is called the God question, free will and surrender, which really, if we're going to be honest about it, is kind of the perfect bow to tie on this podcast episode, because that's what creating this program has been all about for me, is dancing that fine line between free will and surrender, knowing that I am part of Source, that I want to co-create with Source, that, you know, I've received visions, messages from Source about what it wants to create in the world, but knowing that also I have free will in that process and learning how to recognize that both are true and that sometimes I'm going to hang out more in the free will category and sometimes I'm going to hang out more in the surrender category and that you know, my personal goal is to be moving towards surrender as much as possible, but in order to do that, I need to continue my work of healing because like faith is really antithetical to living from fear or living from trauma. And so if we want to move towards a spiritual life that is full of surrender, we have to do our healing. And that's part of the gift that healing gives us is actually surrender to faith, the sense that it is safe to trust a power more loving and um, intelligent than us. And so as we wake up to our healing and our suffering, the beauty and the ache of the world, you know, Often, most of us are left asking the question, what now? Um, and so week 13 is a call to listen to our calling and to know that we have both the power to shift energy towards our intentions, while also knowing that if we are to live from love, dom um, from love, that domination, even of, over our own lives, is never actually the answer. And this is the thing is that, you know, free will, we have to be careful with it because on one hand, Free will can be really powerful, but on the other hand, it can be a way that we dominate our own inner lives, that we dominate our soul and force ourselves to do things we don't want to do. And so by week 13, you know, we are we are entering this deep esoteric um, question of holding space, resting in the fact that, you know, when space is held, it's done not only so by us, but also by spirit, um, and our spirit, which is connected to all spirit and all source. Um, and so to close up our process, we will engage with our breath, our bodies, and our spirit, moving past the gymnastics of the mind and ego, and allow spirit to speak directly to our souls. So this is also when we'll have our last experiential workshop, this one with Amy Koretsky, who's a brilliant healer and breathwork practitioner, who is a friend of mine, um, and yeah, just such a gift to the world. So so with her, we're going to wrap up those three months and that will be, that's the syllabus. That's the syllabus of our three month initiation. 
Of course, those who are part of the six month will also be part of this, but then they will transition into the next three months. Then we will be meeting biweekly. You'll also get your one-on-one call in there, um, but really kind of deepening, like taking all this learning we've done, all this experiencing we've done with ourselves, and then taking it into our calls with one another and literally just getting on a call biweekly and practicing with one another these skills that we've learned for the last three months and getting real-time feedback from me as well as as, you know, the the gift of the container created by the group for you to see your practice be transformed. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of, that's all I have to share today. That was a lot. Um, but this is my gift. This is my gift to the world is my, and I wouldn't even say the program is my gift to the world. I mean, it is in many ways, but I think my gift to the world right now is my absolute willingness to have surrendered over the last six months and you know, have having given myself the time to be like, well, I'm just going to open up my calendar and, you know, who knows how I'm going to pay my bills at the end of this, but let me open myself up as full channel to allow to come through what is coming through. And so this is what came through. And so I feel like in many ways, this is a gift to me. Um, and my prayer and my intention is that this would also be a gift to you in every way possible that this gift to you would offer you the opportunity to absolutely transform the way you relate to yourself and you relate to others so that life becomes more about trusting the present moment and trusting the here and now and not rushing off to the past, not rushing off to the future, but learning that we have everything we need right here in our own being and in the being of the other. And that when we, when we deepen the process of trusting that, then we can actually mobilize as a collective to bring healing to our world and to our institutions, which I think is the real, real exciting thing that this, this work leads to is that when we heal and empower ourselves, we stop we stop enabling systems that are built against us because we learn that we deserve more. We learn that there are answers inside of us that we don't have to look to others, you know, for these answers. And as we do that, we we learn we start questioning the systems of authority set over us that actually aren't built in our highest good. And and that's what really excites me about this. So yeah, if you've got any questions about the program, feel free to reach out to me at contact at bewith.org. I would love to answer them for you. Um, I'll probably be doing, you know, if you're really wanting to take the program, but you're really not sure if this is for you, I'm going to open up a couple of days in my calendar where I'll do 15 minute kind of like, I don't know, application calls or something. Not that you need to apply, but you know, calls where you need to kind of like calls where you can get on the call with me and ask all your questions and I'm happy to answer them. Um, I'll probably do a live or two. Maybe I already have. Who knows by the time this comes out. Um, but yeah, feel free to ask any questions you have about whether this program is for you or not. If the payment plans that are on the website are not um, lengthy enough for you to be able to afford this program, do not worry. Send me an email and I'm happy to set you up with a longer payment plan. Um, at this point, I'm not going to be awarding any scholarships to the program because I already have a full sliding scale, you know, um, roster of people I see one-on-one for a very, like a very scholarship fee, I guess. And so that's where my scholarship work is going at this point. So there won't be a scholarship offering for this specific program. 
but um, I do want to make the payment plan accessible to you so that you can, you know, pay for this over a number of months. Uh, that feels, uh, yeah, that feels doable for you because I want to be able to offer this program to everyone to participate in um, as much as is possible. So yeah, if you enjoyed hearing about this program, if you just enjoyed this podcast and hearing how my particular process of creation went and downloading went, um, I would love for you to share this with a friend. Um, This specific episode I would be extra honored if you decide to share about this episode on Instagram or you decide to share about this program on Instagram. Um, The way I've built my business is just through relationships. So if you're someone I have a relationship with um, or if you just like this work, I would love your help in promoting it and spreading the good word. Um, That would mean the world to me. And if that feels like to public, then maybe you could go on iTunes and give me a five-star review and a positive review to this podcast. And that would be a dream. Thank you to everyone already who has left reviews. Um, you know, that's just been for me asking on the podcast and people have really stepped up and, and offered some kind words and that's been such a gift. So yeah, so that's about it. I will talk to you very soon. The Tarama series is going to continue. I've got a couple more interviews that I've already recorded down in the books that are going to be released soon. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to journey with you. If you decide that the initiation is for you really just ask your body, ask your intuition, Um, if you feel excited and afraid, in my experience, that's usually a a good sign that this is for you. And how can I say this? Anytime I've seen big, beautiful, wonderful growth in my life, it has always been the direct impact of me investing in myself. And I don't mean just financially. I mean, investing in myself in any way that kind of made me be like, Ooh, really? I'm going to give that to myself. Like, whether that was all those months where I didn't take on a lot of clients, whether that's a massage, whether that's my own therapy, whether that is um, investing two hours to go on a really long walk and listen to a podcast I love. Um, Whenever I choose to pour into me, that's when I see a direct correlation to my growth and my evolution and my giving also. Um, Whenever I invest in me, that is when I start giving back to the world in space spades like absolutely in spades and so I encourage you to invest in yourself if this is something you want to do do it you know do whatever else needs to happen in order to be able to do this program because if this is something that you want then it also wants you I'm a big believer in what we want wants us so I can't wait to meet you all right have yourselves a wonderful day and I'm sending you lots of love bye